the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Well, good morning. It's good to see you all. Welcome those who are here, those who are joining online. We are glad that you are here. And you look extra rested today. It was nice to have that hour. We are continuing our series, which sees us continuing our journey along the road with Jesus. One of the wonderful gifts of the Gospels that appear in the Bible are that we get to follow along with the disciples, follow along with the crowds, see what Jesus is up to, listen in on his teaching. And just as those first disciples and crowds did, we get to learn from the Master And as we continue our journey along the road with Jesus today, we hear as we encounter this passage from Mark 5 that was just read, that Jesus is just getting busier and busier. His ministry is on a growth curve. And here in Mark chapter 5, we see that, that things aren't calming down for him at all. In the early chapters of Mark, we've seen that the ministry of Jesus consists mostly of of two actions, teaching and healing. He's been teaching, and that's one of the reasons these large crowds have gathered. They want to hear what this traveling rabbi has to say. And he's been healing people. He's cast demons out of people. He restored a man who was paralyzed. He's healed people from many diseases. And we hear here in Mark 5 that he healed this woman along the road. And so this morning, as we get to follow along with Jesus, we will see that he teaches us what it means to be so busy that we have to stop, we have to pause. And so would you join me again in prayer as we pause? Jesus, as we see you in the gospel today, would you help us to pay attention, to watch closely, to see what you are doing, and to learn from you as our master. Amen. So in this passage that was read from Mark 5, we see that Jesus has an opportunity to make a kingdom difference. We see that he's been called to the home of the synagogue leader to heal a little girl. And this might seem like a special opportunity for Jesus because even in these early chapters of Mark, we see that Jesus hasn't really made many friends among the religious leaders of his time. We see that mostly the religious leaders there, those Jewish elders and scribes and Pharisees, had seen Jesus not so much as an answer to their hopes and prayers and dreams, but really more as a threat to their power and their privilege. The Gospels do tell us that there were some exceptions to this, that there were a few rulers among the Jews who became disciples of Jesus. We hear mentioned in the Gospels people like Nicodemus, people like Joseph of Arimathea. But in most cases, these were secret disciples of Jesus, people who didn't want to let on that they had actually chosen to follow him for fear of what their peers among the Jewish religious leaders would think and say. But here we have an exception. Here we have a synagogue leader and ruler who is bold as he comes to Jesus. We're told that he comes to Jesus along the road and he kneels before him, And pleads with Jesus, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she may be healed and live. 
And so we see that Jesus follows him along the road. But as he does, he's interrupted. He's interrupted by a woman who herself is asking for healing, looking for healing. And so we see here in Mark 5 that not only is Jesus busy, but his busyness is getting more complicated. There are layers to his busyness. There are are interruptions and busyness within the activities he's already doing. And maybe some of you have felt like this in the past few weeks where uh, we've got layer upon layer of busyness and activity and expectations and demands. And so as Jesus encounters this interruption, what does he do? Well, we see that he pauses. He stops. Jesus stays on his mission Jesus, as Pastor Ali put it to us a couple of weeks ago, focuses on the why, even as he's quickly to adjust and reinvent his how and his what. He stays on mission. The why of Jesus was his mission. Why did he come to earth? What was his purpose? Well, in Mark chapter 1, Mark says that Jesus came to earth in order to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. And in every chapter since then, we've seen that's exactly what Jesus does. He travels, he teaches, he proclaims the good news, often through his words and just as often through his actions, through what he does. He's bringing the kingdom to earth. And we see that Jesus never suffers mission drift. He's always clear on his purpose and what he's come to do. And so we might think in this uh, chapter, this account from Mark 5 today, that if Jesus was so focused on his mission, on getting to this house where there was a sick little girl on the brink of death, he might have seen this woman along the road as an interruption to his mission. She didn't seem to be in the plan. He was moving along with the crowd, and she's breaking through, trying to touch, we're told, even the edge, the hem of his cloak, so that she might be healed. Jesus was making a beeline to the house of Jairus, and he encounters this interruption. Now, what's fascinating is as we read this this story, we see that Jesus actually didn't have to stop in order for the woman to be healed. She made her way through the crowd. She reached out. She touched his robe, and we're told that she felt in her body that she had been delivered from her disease. So he didn't have to stop. Jesus could have said, hey, great. It's like a twofer, like this person's healed and I'm going to go heal this, this little girl and I don't even have to pause. But he does. Jesus stops. He pauses. And he asks, who touched me? And we're told that the disciples see the crowd around him and it's, it's almost like they assume Jesus is joking with them. They say, well, Jesus, uh, let me see. You're being bumped into by like 20 or 30 people as the crowd jostles around you. Who touched you? I, I have no idea. It's anybody's guess. But Jesus wanted to know who it was that had touched him. Or maybe he wanted to have an opportunity to, to have a conversation with this woman who had touched him and found healing. Maybe he wanted to give this woman an opportunity to glorify God for what had just happened in her life. Maybe Jesus wanted to bless her with his words as well as with his power. At any rate, we know that he stopped. He paused because he did not see this woman as an interruption to his mission. 
Maybe you've been on such a mission at some point in your life, in such a hurry, in such a beeline, with such laser focus, when you realize that actually an opportunity that was very much part of your mission that came up right in front of your face was something you missed, something you overlooked. This actually, uh, maybe surprisingly, can happen on mission trips where we think the whole purpose is to be on mission. But I've been on mission trips where uh, often where the focus is construction, where there's a project, and there maybe can be this subconscious assumption that the mission is to get the project done. It's like, hey, we've come all this way. We've got to get that roof finished. Hey, there's that ditch to be dug. We need to finish this. And so we end up finding ourselves a bit surprised when the very people who have welcomed us into their country, often, often welcomed us into their very homes, uh, seem to want to distract us by wanting to talk with us. And so we suffer mission drift. We think of, well, well no, we have to get this thing done. That's why we've come all this way. And so it's so important that we understand and are able to articulate, what's our purpose? What's our mission? Why are we here? Maybe you've planned a trip with your family or with a friend, and you recognize that in the process of getting all the details together for this special outing where you can celebrate and savor this special relationship, you realize, wow, I've been kind of a jerk. Like, I'm so, my head is so full with all these plans and details that I'm not being nice to the very people that this is designed to bless. We can get off track. We can forget what our mission is. As disciples, we need to remember what it is we've been called to. What is our mission from Jesus, our master, our rabbi, our teacher? As a church, we need to focus on what is our mission, what's our purpose as a congregation. As we look to our master, we see a brilliant leader who seems to know when to say no, when to keep pushing, and when to pause. Jesus never missed opportunities that were right in front of his face because he knew what his mission was. As a church committed to inspiring people to follow Jesus, even as we ourselves undertake that adventure, that challenge, that call to follow Jesus on the road, we don't pretend that we're coming up with something new because we've been clever enough to figure it out. We know that we're joining the work that God's already doing. We know and we trust that God is at work reaching people with the message and impact of his love. We trust that God is at work calling disciples to himself. We trust that the Holy Spirit is at work empowering people to actually live out God's word with courage, with authenticity. And so we simply say yes to that mission. We say that's what we want to do. That's our calling as disciples. And that's where we put our focus. But even as we do that, it's possible that as we live out that mission, we will be distracted. There'll be things that will call us off our course, call us away from our purpose. And it's not always easy, actually, to know which things are distractions and which things might be holy interruptions. Those things that pop up that are unexpected and might seem to interrupt us or delay us, but might actually be very much at the heart of God's mission in the world. There'll be times we're on the move to get somewhere quickly. Personally, uh, 
I tend to be somebody who walks rather briskly. It's not uncommon for me to walk into a room and have a total stranger say, whoa, you're, you're a man on a mission. What's going on? And so sometimes I have to slow down and recognize that even as I'm trying to get somewhere or accomplish something, there may be stops along the way that God has in mind for me. Things that might seem like hindrances or interruptions that actually are invitations from God and that are very much in keeping with the mission he's given me. Sometimes we can only fully accomplish our purpose and our mission when we pause. But we tend not to like interruptions. We tend not to like things that that derail our plans. I know for many of us, in some ways, this whole past season, these 19 months of the pandemic, feel like this huge interruption to life itself. It can feel like a, a major uh, stumbling block, hindrance to what we might consider to be business as usual. And for those who have lost a loved one during this season, this unwelcome surprise feels like a dagger. And so we continue to mourn with those who mourn and come alongside our brothers and sisters who have suffered loss. But there are also smaller interruptions in our lives. Those things we might, call, we might call inconveniences or aggravations. And these things tend not to bring up uh, feelings of grief in us, but just irritation and impatience. They can lead us to feel like we want to focus on ourselves and just say, what's going on? I'm just trying to make forward motion. And we have to come to grips with those because we realize we don't like it when someone messes with our plans. We don't like it when someone derails our days. And so these are days that are ripe for distraction, but we recognize that they are also rich with opportunities that God presents us. We follow a Savior who shows us, as we look at these stories in the Gospels, what it means to stay on mission and to hang loosely to our schedules and plans, to recognize when to keep moving because we have to get somewhere and when to pause, when to stop because of our mission. Jesus paused on the road that day in the middle of this jostling crowd to speak to one woman, to look at her face to face, to have this interaction with her because she was very much part of his mission. And then we see that Jesus didn't forget about Jairus' daughter because the story continues. So we'll pick that up in Mark 5, verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Yair, or Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came home, to, when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he had put them all out, he took the ch child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. 
Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Somehow, Jesus recognized on the road that day that he would be able to stop, to pause, and have a conversation with that woman on the road and still accomplish his mission in the house of Jairus. It's not because he had unlimited time. Jesus had the same 168 hours a week that each of us do. But he was attuned to the mission that his father had given him. He knew what his mission was and he stayed on track. Now it may seem uh, puzzling, a little bit perplexing to hear that Jesus, after this miracle, told the people there, don't tell anyone about this. Keep it a secret. But Mark says, well, that's actually part of his mission too because Jesus knew that if word got out too quickly, these crowds that had already become overbearing would become even larger and they would push him to do things ahead of his time. Mark in particular points out in his gospel these calls to secrecy that Jesus sometimes gave out. But Mark also tells us they never worked. They never worked. There's too many amazing things happening with this rabbi on the road. And I'm sure it's really impossible to keep it a secret when a little girl is raised from the dead. This morning, I want to invite you to think about your mission. Your mission as a disciple of Jesus. Your mission as a part of our congregation, if you remember here at Bethany. The mission that God has given us to demonstrate his love to the people around us, to share the good news of new life in Christ, for forgiveness of sins, for the gift of eternal life through him. What does it look like for you to stay on mission these days, to follow closely in the path of our rabbi? How can you share the love of God with those people that you already know you're going to see in the week ahead and with those people who might pop up as seeming interruptions to your week. Each week, we've been doing a try this moment, an experiential opportunity where we invite you to, to try something during the week to put into practice uh, the theme of Sunday morning. And this week, it's holy interruptions. You can find this card available to you. Uh, you either, either you received it on the way in or you can find it on the way out. Those joining online, it's also um, attached to the sermon page. Holy interruptions, what might it look like for you in those moments of exasperation, frustration, when something's happening that wasn't what you planned, that seems to interrupt your plans, what might it look like for you to pause, to take a breath, and to consider prayerfully whether God actually has something for you in that moment of interruption that's very much part of the mission he's given you. So I invite you to take a look at that this week. As we continue our journeys with Jesus this week, there will be times we need to keep moving. We need to say no to distractions. And there will be times we need to stop, we need to pause, because God has a mission for us, an unexpected piece of that mission along the road. Our mission will never change. Our identity in Christ will never change. We follow a master, a rabbi, a teacher who never changes and knowing, we know that his love for us will never change. Would you join me in prayer?
Lord Jesus, thank you for leading and teaching along the road. Teach us to walk with you in growing faith. Teach us to stay close to you even when that's hard. Teach us to learn from you as our Lord and as our Master. Amen.